Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. It is Super Bowl week, and we are so excited. On today's episode, we preview the big game, from Tom Brady playing in his 10th Super Bowl, to the Bucks' incredible defense, to the magic of Patrick Mahomes. We break it all down and give our predictions for the winner, the score, and potential MVPs. Then we talk about the Matthew Stafford trade, what it means for Deshaun Watson, and why 49ers Twitter just can't leave Jimmy Garoppolo be. We're going on a hiatus, so listen in and let us know your thoughts before we go. All right, guys, you may have heard there is a very big football game being played <laughs> this Sunday. Uh, I think they call it the Super Bowl. So this is a big one. Obviously, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay will be the first team to ever play in their home stadium for a Super Bowl. Uh, They were shocked a lot of people. I thought they were going to win, but they shocked a lot of people and beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Right. Uh, And then, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs made relatively, I think, easy work of the Bills. Um, Patrick Mahomes was available Played a great game, and it is the maybe goat versus future goat in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Steph, I think we're in for a very good game. Yeah, I think this is going to be probably one of the best Super Bowls that we've seen in a long time. And I know there was a little meme about Yoda and baby Yoda. (laughs) So I love that because it just reminded me that, you know, it's kind of passing the baton a little bit because the new age of quarterback is on its way in. So Mahomes, if anybody can do it and he looks good, his team is strong, but at the same time, the, you know, the Bucks are, the Bucks are a strong team. So, you know, got to give kudos to them. They had a great year and they came out on top. I believe 18 years separates the two quarterbacks, which is crazy. You have the 25 year old Patrick Mahomes against the 43-year-old Tom Brady. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, we talked a little bit this about this on our last episode, that the Bucks were a team that were pretty much primed to do well, and they felt like they were a quarterback away from getting to the Super Bowl. Right, right. Out they were. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about quarterbacks in a bit because it was obviously a huge trade over the weekend. Uh, but they really were a quarterback away. But I think what's going to be really interesting about this game – well, I'm going to back up a little bit. I want to go back to their matchup earlier in the season uh, that the Chiefs won 27-24. They were leading by, I want to say 17-0 at one point in that game. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. threw for 462 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 13 receptions for 269 yards and three touchdowns, which is – Pretty incredible uh, for, for an incredible stat. And, you know, the Bucks really made their way back and it wasn't enough. I think one thing we've really seen closing out the season and through the playoffs is this is not the same Tampa Bay team that we saw early in the season. So this is not that same team that, that right. went down so much against the Chiefs. Um, so I think that is worth mentioning. And the Chiefs, of course, have all the offensive weapons. Patrick Mahomes is – 
is magical. But really, to me, what's going to be the story of this game, uh, if I were to pull out my crystal ball, is the Buccaneers defense. If Tampa wins this game, it will be thanks to that Buccaneers defense. Obviously, Tom Brady, I think, will play well. We saw those very uncharacteristic three interceptions in a row. Right. <laughs> and he still managed, they still managed to. And I'm not going to even say he because it was definitely very much a team effort. They still managed to beat the Packers in, in Lambeau. But I think Tom Brady will certainly play, you know, well enough to win. And we will see a, a vintage Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. But for the Buccaneers, this defense that has been just outstanding the last several weeks, yeah. uh, safeties, uh JPP, everybody has, that's going to be to me the story. And I, I think they're going to have a better chance, you know, against this chief's offense. They've seen it. They know a little bit more what to expect. The chiefs are dealing with injuries on their offensive line. And I do think that will affect the game as well. But um, I really think that the Bucks defense is going to be the story of this game. Yeah, I agree. I think they have a young defensive back squad that is really hungry. They are showing just just a lot of maturity in their game just from season, you know, from the very beginning of the season to now. They're hungry. They're showing that they want to make the big plays, and they are. So it's like, you know, when you get that kind of um, – you know camaraderie that they're i mean they're they're just a team and a and a unit that just wants it and when you see that every once in a while you'll see that on a team and um they're just they're just overpowering and i think that we see that with the bucks defense and especially their secondary are we going to see uh linebacker devin white as the super bowl mvp who's <laughs> who's to say or, or will it be Sean murphy bunting who's to say Really, right. I mean, um, it, I I do think that we have the possibility of having you know a, a defensive player as the MVP if the Buccaneers win. I think if the Chiefs win, uh, it probably will be Patrick Mahomes, just because you know he is Patrick Mahomes and he is magic. So let's talk a little bit about that Chiefs offense and of course all the weapons that they have. I mean, Travis Kelsey, of course, has the ability to kind of take over and make the big play. He becomes, I think, very much a game changer on offense. Tyreek Hill, we've discussed, who's amazing. Uh, I want to talk more about the Bucks' offense too, but we'll do that in, in a minute. But I mean, they just, there's so many weapons. There's so much talent on that offense. But if the Chiefs have a weakness, it is on the defensive side of the ball. And I think it's a defense that's much improved. I, I don't think it's as good as the Bucks' defense. So, you know, in some ways, I, the Chiefs, I know, are favored to win by, I think, three points. Um, yeah, it's not big. It's definitely not big. And I think it's not a slam dunk. I think you guys know I personally never bet against Tom Brady. So I think <laughs> went on Sunday. But um, all signs somewhat points to the Chiefs. But this is, this is not a slam dunk. And I think um, it's interesting because – this is going to sound really weird, guys, and Steph. So I'm just going <laughs> to go for it. To go with it. In some ways, although they're not evenly matched when you look position to position, they're evenly matched in that each team has strengths that maybe the other one doesn't have. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, they have different strengths and different weaknesses. 
Yes. And so like the, the Bucks are certainly, I think, stronger on the defensive side, the Chiefs offense. So I feel like th- some of that stuff evens out. That being said, the Bucks offense isn't exactly awful. <laughs> like far from it. You have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who the drop passes are certainly an area of concern, but that seems to have sort of been rectified. You have Leonard Fournette, who everybody likes to now call playoff Lenny because he has really come alive uh, in these playoffs. And then we had that Gronk run, which was, you know, that was vintage right, that was Gronk. Amazing. And the thing <laughs> with Gronk, like, you're not going to get – he's not the Gronk of before, so you're not going to get, like, the big potential no. every single drive. But he can come through, and that was an amazing right. play, and he, he came through in the end of the championship. Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing about, I mean, as awesome as Mahomes is, because he is just amazing, there's so much to be said for Tom Brady. I mean, he has bounced, I mean, some pretty legendary quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, out. So it, it, it's not to say that he can't bounce Mahomes, you know. So it's, I think when it comes to Tom Brady, you're not just getting the quarterback, but you're getting a lot of talent, experience. He's poised. He's is the fortitude that really like holds the team together. So those are big dividends when it comes to like the one big game to play. That's what you want in a quarterback and as a leader. So I, I'm I'm leaning, and I know this is weird, but I'm leaning Tampa Bay on this. Stephanie McCarroll, I am, first of all, <laughs> all those positive things you just said about Tom Brady, even though I know, I know. you, him, but he's not your most favorite. And I thought for sure we were going to come into this <laughs> like, way. You are crazy, Michigan Homer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with that. I mean, the man is playing in his 10th Super Bowl. And I think right. it just to like, folk, I mean, that's incredible. Like, incredible. What? It's really incredible. So he is playing. In his 10th Super Bowl, which is absolutely amazing. And there's something to be said for that. And I think, you know, Mahomes is playing in his second Super Bowl in a row and I think is incredibly poised. Especially sure. for But this this is the kind of game where we, we talk about X factors a lot on this podcast. And this is the kind of game where Tom Brady's had a lot of these. And he does know how to make it happen. And and the defense is going to be, like you said, is going to be key because, you know, Kansas City, when they tend to go down, like you when you see the most sacks on their product production, it's during the pass rush. So their pass rush has let him down, so to speak, and he hasn't run off, you know, <laughs> you know, run away how he does. But you know, if. Yeah, it's just it's if um so if. You know, you get Tampa Bay's, you know, superior defense just on Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for Mahomes. And I think that that's what they want to do is make it as hard on him and capitalize on every single turnover and make sure that, you know, he didn't doesn't get any extra chances there. And if we look at last year's Super Bowl, uh, which, you know, I hate to – bring up a sore subject, but <laughs> he, he oh. was, he was unflappable in that, like in the last seven minutes, he remembered he was Patrick Mahomes and that was uh-huh. it. But he, the chiefs were down by 10 points with seven minutes and 13 seconds to go, which I realize is just devastating. Kills me. 
Absolutely. It's killer. <laughs> but he – there were interceptions in that game. Like, it's it's doable. It It is doable. I think he's an incredible player. I do think he's magical. And I think in, I think on any given Sunday, he's unbeatable. But I also think on this given Sunday, in this kind of game, he's beatable. So um, – I, I mean, we'll see. I think I just think we are going to have a really good game. The storyline yeah. of the quarterbacks is obviously a great one, but I'll go back to what I said earlier. Uh, if the Buccaneers win, and I think they have a spectacular chance to do so, it is going to be because their defense stepped up and played better than the Kansas City defense. And I think there's more talent on their defense than the Kansas City defense. And they yeah, and all around. I just think that you know. It, it, even even Tom Brady's weapons are no, you know, nothing to balk at here. You know, they have they they can get things done. And while it may not be a huge advantage over Kansas City, I think it's 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 a good advantage. So I I still pick them. I think it's gonna be a close shootout. I think they're gonna score against each other real fast in the beginning as things get tired. I think um I think Brady's going to pull this one out. Maybe it's going to be like a field goal or something like that. That's what I think. I think it's going to be real close. and But I do think Tampa Bay comes up on top. I do too. And I, I think it may be one of those situations, like you said, a shootout, like where whoever has the ball at the end of the game from those last mm-hmm. two minutes is the team that wins it. Um, So we'll see. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And it just – it does – it is like a very cool – you know, storyline. And I'm sure we're going to hear a million times this week about how Tom Brady's 43 and it's Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl. But <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that should be discounted. It's kind of, inc- it's an, it's incredible. And I think we saw. It's incredible. It is incredible. We saw in the game against the Saints where um, Drew Brees, who certainly, he had a good season, certainly not the season he's had in the past and he was injured for much of it. But we saw, you know, we had a very tough game in that in that divisional round. And I only bring that up with zero disrespect to Drew Brees because he is an incredible quarterback who's had an incredible career. But I think you can see – I think it kind of shows how amazing it is that Brady is where he is because you had the 42-year-old quarterback and the 43-year-old quarterback, and the difference in how they played it, you, is pretty big. Uh, and I just think it says a lot about where Tom Brady is at this point. I try to say that as nicely as possible. You, yeah, you're gentle. You're as gentle as can be, which I appreciate about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm being very gentle. But I, Tracy you can't say anything mean. I know. I just, I can't yeah. help myself. I mean, gosh, Drew Brees, he played so poorly in that game, but I feel I know. <laughs> but I think even when you look at Peyton Manning at the end of his career, and he he won that final Super Bowl, and he did what he had to do, and the Broncos defense was did what they do. But it was ugly. And so when you look mm-hmm. at like Brady, it's it is pretty incredible. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, um, that's my one time I'll like give uh, him some <laughs> accolades. I know that's true. It's not personal. It's not well, maybe it is personal, but <laughs> I think it's I a just... little personal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tired of seeing him every like and I get that that makes no sense to people, but it's just like, can we have another team in the Super Bowl? You know, that's just well. I, and I, I think feel. a lot of people feel well. You have another team in the Super Bowl. It's just Tom Brady's well, on it. I know, but it's just like I'm a little Tom Brady now. You know, it's like if I go to dinner, I want some. I want a different 
choice. <laughs> well, I think, so. and I think eventually you're going to get it. But I, you know, it's funny because I, I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people do feel that way, and I think that's where you know some of the like, oh, not Tom Brady again comes from. But I guess the other way to look at it is like we're witnessing something. Like, there's probably not going to be another Tom Brady. Oh no, no, no. And he's, so I think we've seen and, something. And he's yeah, the goat. And and that was something that was hard for me to I mean he has other qualities that bug me but like he's definitely the goat in quarterbacking and you know and I've seen a lot of goats you know we've had Joe Montana you know and even Aaron Rodgers was in the conversation but just seeing him and the length of play 10 Super Bowls in 20 years that's just incredible and 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 what six rings so possibly seven so that's possibly crazy. seven, and it's so, you know it's yeah, it's hard enough to get to the Super Bowl material, and it's hard enough to get to the Super Bowl. Sorry, to oh yeah, it. um, but to get back that many times because we see a lot of teams who yeah, you know, like we saw like speaking of that Peyton Manning, we the Broncos and the Panthers, they've never been back. We saw what happened to the 49ers this year. Like again, that was a whole like injury debacle. But you've seen what's happened with the Rams, which is going to segue nicely into our next conversation. But you see how hard it is to get back. Um, yep. so it's and amazing. Seattle. Also. I'm just going to – oh, yep, Seattle is yeah. definitely another one. And I think that's – and you and you've, Seattle has, even though it pains me to say it, and this is totally personal. It's not not personal at all. <laughs> Seattle has one <laughs> hell of a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, know? I know, I know. <laughs> and they wouldn't be it, doing, it, it, you know, as well as they do It's shocking him. to me that Seattle has only been to two Super Bowls, and that's when their defense was, like, top of the line. So mm -hmm. with that quarterback. So that's why I really believe in the team atmosphere and the team has to get you there, not just one person. So that's, like, obviously everybody wants the star quarterback that, like, runs around and, you know, makes plays and, you know, carries a team on their back. But they have that, and they still have only been to two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. And, only and they only one won of one of them. So yeah, so you know that's just the game, and it's how you know the you know teams are organized, and you know what the game plans are. So I just think, uh, you know, there's a difference between real life and what fans want. <laughs> I think that is true. So with that in mind, now, well, first, actually, before we segue, I want to do, and I never do this because I'm so bad at it, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Let's do a score prediction. <laughs> Ooh, so okay. I'm gonna say. I'm actually going to reverse their score from earlier this season. I think it's going to be Buccaneers 27, Chiefs 24. Okay, I think so it's going to be a high game. I'm going to go uh, Bucks 34, and I'm going to go KC 31. Okay. So TBD, those are our score predictions. <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, very exciting stuff. Um, all right, so speaking of quarterbacks and – Hard to get back to the Super Bowl and all of the things. We had a big trade over the weekend. Matt Stafford is going yeah, to Los Angeles to the Rams in exchange for Jared Goff and like a gazillion draft picks. Um, but no, a couple first rounders. I mean, like so many. I mean, it's like it, it was so quite so many. It was quite the package. The Rams are not into first round draft picks. They say, take your first round draft pick and we have no interest. <laughs> they have actually, ironically, not picked in the first round since 2016 when they picked, you guessed it, Jared Goff. Uh, so it's actually amazing. I had tweeted this that, and it really is incredible. When you think about the amount of draft picks they have given up, they gave up to get him and then to get rid of him, it's like really incredible. Um, yeah. And I think part of the, you know, part of that 
part of why Detroit got so much is because there's that insane Jared Goff contract that he hasn't even started yet. His contract extension hasn't even begun yet. uh, And they needed to really pay someone to take that on as well. I think we saw the relationship was souring, you know, as the season went Mm -hmm. on, it was quite telling in the playoffs when Jared Goff was healthy enough to be active and they only had two active quarterbacks on the roster. So Blake Bortles was inactive that day, but he was QB two. And I think that said a lot about how Sean McVay Mm -hmm. felt about Jared Goff and his ability. He had a gutsy performance in that game, but clearly they were on the outs. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford has wanted to, you know, get out of Detroit and, you know, there's so much to think about with this trade. You know, Matt Stafford, and I know that he has been on bad teams and he's had bad O-lines and there's like been only so much he could do. But it's not – and I think he's an upgrade. I'll start there. I think he's definitely an upgrade over Jared Goff, but it's not guaranteed success. And I know there's no Mm-mm. such thing, but there are certain trades where you're like, okay, like the Jalen Ramsey trade, even though that was like a big – I mean, this whole thing, it's so Rams. That was a big, splashy trade. Yeah. But you knew Jalen Ramsey was going to perform. Like, there's just no way he wasn't going to perform. Matt Stafford will perform, but it's basically with this trade, it's the Rams saying Super Bowl or bust, and I'm not convinced it's going to be the former. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen there. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. I think it was a bad trade. I think that Detroit just made out, you know, like bandits on that one. I, I mean, I understand that they're ready to move on, and that's what happens when you pay a quarterback that kind of money um, so early. I mean, you're kind of taking a chance. But I do think that quarterback pay scale needs to – reform needs to happen because I think that it's like they always want to be the next up – you know, the next highest paid quarterback ever in the game, you know. So every time you have a quarterback, you know, instead of giving them, you know, what they're worth or what the value is, it's almost like they demand – the next highest, you know, paycheck, which I get that that's kind of like the norm nowadays, but I think that at some point that needs to be reformed, like they did the rookie pay scale because uh, it was getting ridiculous. So mm-hmm. that's something I think that the NFL would be, you know, wise to look at. I mean, you even have quarterbacks that are making 25% of their entire team's payroll, and it doesn't always make sense. If you, I mean, if it's Tom Brady, it makes sense. You know, if it's Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense. If it's Jared Goff, it does not make sense. Well, and it's interesting because teams are in, like to your point, they're in a bit of a tough position because you have a situation where they Jared Goff took them to the Super Bowl and they lost. But, I, I mean, I do think they jumped, clearly jumped the gun a little bit on that contract extension because we're two years removed from that Super Bowl and that extension hasn't even started yet. So they probably right. could have taken a beat on that one. But, you know, with the 49ers, for instance, you had – and now, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is, like, in the middle of the road. When he signed that contract, it was a huge deal, and now he's, like, in the right. middle. But he won those five games, and he was going to free agent, going to be a free agent, yeah, and they didn't want to lose him. So they had to, right. they they had to give him the money. Him got to mm-hmm. lock him in. And that's happening with teams. And there are a number of quarterbacks that are going to be coming up on that. You know, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. There are a lot of quarterbacks that 100%. are going to be coming up inside these big contracts. And so – It'll be interesting to see. I, you know, my the jury is still out for me on whether or not it's a bad trade. It does feel over the top. It feels like they essentially, and Lindsay Theory, who covers the Rams for ESPN, tweeted this, and I want to give her full credit on that. It's like they basically paid the Lions to take him. 
And yeah, that um, sounds what it sounded like to me. And that really, yeah, that really is what it sounded like. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see, but the Rams are banking on, like they had an incredible defense this year. They're banking on that defense to be the same next year, but they're going to, they have some free agents on that defense. Like it's, it is not a slam dunk that they're going to be able to just recreate this year um, and then plug in Matt Stat- Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's going back to what we said earlier with Tampa Bay that they were a quarterback away and they got the right quarterback. It's But that was Tom Brady. I don't know that Matthew Stafford, again, I do think he's an upgrade, but I it's not – you're not getting Tom Brady. So it's yeah. not like the guaranteed like plug-in. And I also am not convinced that the Rams – were a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, me neither. Even though they did much better this year than Tampa Bay did last year, just when you look at the roster and kind of what's coming up and who they're going to lose and all of that. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see next season. But then it kind of brings up the question that now you have Deshaun Watson, who officially wants out of Houston. I know. You had a lot of teams that want a quarterback. I mean, I had, uh, not to keep bringing up my tweets, but I tweeted someone was going to have to give up their firstborn for him. And like after that trade, somebody might. Like it was meant to be a joke, but in pawn further review, yeah. who knows? Um, he's it's going to be a gonna blockbuster be. if it actually happens. But I still don't see how Houston lets him go. That would be nuts. It would be nuts, nuts. but they may not have a choice. I mean, if you have – your fr- if your franchise quarterback has said, I want out, I do not want to play here, and he's going to start sitting out. So now, yes, you're going to find him, but you still don't have a quarterback. <laughs> like, great. So you're fighting him right. every game, but at the end of the day, you don't have anybody playing. You know, if it's – I don't know how Houston ever let it get to that po- get this point, and that is really the incredible – you know, the absolutely incredible point. It really is too bad. And I think it shows so many fractures within that organization that were certainly not just Bill O'Brien. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. They just may not have a choice. I know that they both said like, you know, the GM and the coach both were like, oh no, he's part of this team. But, um, you know, they said that about the about Jared Goff a couple weeks ago, and Jared Goff didn't <laughs> want out. Deshaun Watson wants out, so I don't know. But he, you know, it's gonna what's gonna be interesting about that is he has a no trade clause. So if he says I want out, and these are the only three teams I'll go to, right? He's got bidding. He's got the leverage. He's got the leverage, and then the bidding war becomes interesting. I mean, I think Houston could look at this trade and say, "Wow, we could get like." six first round draft picks and a starting quarterback and potentially a defensive back out of this. But if he says like, I'm only willing to go to these three teams. And so these three teams only have so much to give. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Now I saw your tweet that you would give up. Did you say the next four first round draft picks for Deshaun Watson? I I said two. I don't think you can give four. um, You can give, I think up to three. You can't go past like it would it be 2021, 22, 23. You can't go past 23. Okay. So whatever your package has to come within that and then people on your roster. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I have a question for you because this has come up on 49ers Twitter and I don't think you do this, but would you give up Nick Bosa for Deshaun Watson? Yes. See, I, I don't think you do. But I could be wrong about that. That may just me be may just be me being um I don't know what yeah, Homer. silly. I like I mean I don't obviously know if it's I love Homer him. 
or if it's just I feel like it's not, it's not so much that it's Homer. I just feel like you're – I feel like there are no guarantees in the NFL, obviously. Mm-hmm. So say you give up everything for Deshaun Watson and he gets hurt in game two. So no, I get it. But what if – like I get that. Like I get and, – and I do think that Bosa is a marquee player, okay? That being said, I think Hyder came in and filled his position beautifully. I still I'm was it as perfect as Bosa would have done? No, but he did it. And I just he think did, yeah. that he he's he's one of those players that is is amazing at his job, but I think that with the scheme that they run on, you know, somebody on the left and the right, I think that it's a little bit easier to fill that position than it is a quarterback. That's fair. I don't, yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I go back and forth on it. I really do. I go back and forth on it. Um, but I don't have and, any hate for Jimmy G. Like, I think that Jimmy G. I don't G either. Can, I think that's my other thinking. Can get it done. So, like, I think that the 49ers have options. I don't think they're in this position where, oh my God, we have to find a quarterback. He can, he, has shown that he can do this if he's healthy. But see, the thing about health is there's no sure thing. And so like for any of them, for any of them, I mean, Bosa went out week two, you know, Jimmy G got hurt week two, you know, and tried to play hurt and got hurt again. And so it's like, and the whole squad went down at some point, it seemed like. So, you know, that football is dangerous and people are going to get hurt and nobody has a crystal ball when it comes to that. If we did, it would be a lot easier to like have so backups, but so we don't know. Easier. So like, yeah, if um, Jimmy gets hurt again, like I, I hate that narrative because it's not, it's just not fair. I mean, Nick Bosa only played 50% of his snaps. I mean, if we were going to get that, but does that mean he's a bad player? No. So See, I agree with you. I, and I also hate that narrative and I think it's an unfair narrative and I, I hate this like, well, he's never available. Well, it's football. There are a lot of people that are, <laughs> people I mean, they get hurt. People yeah. get hurt and you can't, I don't, I don't think you can blame that on the player, you know, in, in that kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, I think there's, there's, okay. So this is, I have a big, big, opinion i'm probably gonna get slammed for this but see i don't believe in the injury prone what i I do believe in is that you say you have uh one a knee injury and it exacerbates and gets re-injured and re-injured and re-injured yeah that one's prone to injury you know it's been kind of you know it's not the same but when you have something like a concussion and then, you know, okay, he tore his ACL and then this one was a high ankle sprain, they're totally different things. There's yeah. not, so there's no such thing as being prone to, you don't know if you're going to, you know, get some, some guy rolling up at you and hit, get hit, an illegal hit, you know, like there's no way that that's considered injury prone. That's just bad luck. I agree with that. And I could not agree with you more. And I think kind of going back to what you said, I think the reason I say no to Bosa, not I think, the reason I say no to Bosa, to giving up Bosa is because I'm with you. I don't have this Jimmy G hate. And we saw on that team last year, and I know that in 2019, everything went right. And everything that right. went right this season, that's probably not going to happen again. Everything that went right that season. like that That's kind of like not something you can replicate. But I think Jimmy G did prove he can get it done. And if everything else around him 
is strong. That's why my thinking is, do you give up that much of the future when you have someone who can get it done? That, I mean, I think, and I see this, I think Deshaun Watson is an incredible talent. As much as I like Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously I think it's night and day. Uh, and I think he's incredible. I just, this is above my pay grade and this is why I am not a GM and I don't purport to be a GM. I'm not a Twitter GM. I am a fangirl and I cover the team. So I go with that. Yeah. But it's a, I think it's just a lot to consider. I don't think it's the no-brainer. No, I yeah, I agree. Twitter GMs are like, oh, yeah. But like that's – And I you think know, anybody that takes a hard line on any of these players doesn't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> I could not – agree with you more, even though everyone on Twitter likes to mansplain to me how I'm wrong and then, and then challenge, challenge me to give my, to explain myself. And I just ignore that. I'm like, it's my opinion. I don't have to explain. Why do I have to right. explain? Sorry. Like I don't explain myself, but, um, cause this is, this is hard stuff. This is uh-huh. hard, you know, business. And you know, this isn't something you decide overnight. And if Jimmy G was as terrible as what Twitter you know, 49ers Twitter make him out to be, he'd be gone. You know, he, it's just, that's just how it is. It's, there's no love lost when it's really, but the thing is, is they do believe that he has some skill and they're seeing what can work, you know, what works best for the 49ers, not, you know, who 49ers Twitter thinks needs to go. It's just, that's just not how it works. I don't, I don't get, I just don't. And we've talked about this before. I do not get this 49ers Twitter hatred of Jimmy Garoppolo. He is a year removed from the Super Bowl and he was hurt all season. Like, I just, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's actually, you know, incredible. Go ahead. Sorry. I just think if he had made that, made that throw and they won the Super Bowl. This would not be a conversation. This wouldn't be a conversation. And then also if. He had, I mean, maybe like he had a terrible year or something like that. I think they might say, huh, we need to start looking for backups or, you know, or we need to get, you know, somebody available when Jimmy's off. You know, I think that the narrative just went really strong because they're butthurt about the the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's true. And you know what? It's a Super Bowl. And, and they I need think someone to blame. They need someone to blame. And I would actually... And I don't, and I actually think, and we had talked about this last year at Super Bowl time after the Super Bowl, and like sometimes the other team just plays better, and it's not one person's fault. And I think in last year's situation, as we talked about early in today's episode, at seven minutes and thirteen seconds, Patrick Mahomes remembered he was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's really, you know, Patrick Mahomes had played like that the whole game; it wouldn't have even been close, and no one would right. blame Jimmy. It wasn't and, anybody's and the fault. Defense- yeah, and the defense crumbled too. I mean, they stopped getting stops, and it was like, "What they are you did. doing? Like, go do your job," you know. 100%. And I know there was some, and I know there was some like missed calls and miss holds, and you know, and there's, but that's football, you that's know. Also you're gonna football. get, yeah. So it's like, yeah, but it's like it went so fast from, you know, the missed calls, the complaining to it's Jimmy's fault. And I just think that's unfortunate. I do too. And I just, I don't, I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> I, I really, I just think it's like, I so. Like, I, I like Jimmy. I'm cool to roll, roll with Jimmy and, and draft somebody. I, I'm cool, cool to make some phone calls about Dak Prescott. 
I don't care as long as there's a quarterback lining up <laughs> behind center. Yeah, I'm I, good to go. You know, <laughs> I totally agree with that. So I, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, I think, I think chances are, unless unless Deshaun Watson is just like the only team I will go to is San Francisco. <laughs> chances are, please, please. Jimmy's going to be QB one next year. And they'll draft someone and that'll, you know, they'll have a, and, and I agree. I think they're obviously need to upgrade the backup position. And I know there are many people on Twitter be like, I can't believe that's the conversation, but like it, it I actually think it is a fair conversation. Like I think totally you need, you, you totally need, that's an, an area that needs to be, you know, backed up. But I think in, like I said, unless Deshaun Watson says that, which he might, um, that chances are it's going to be, Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. So there's that. So so we'll see what happens, but um, we are going, we're going to see what happens in a little while because Steph and I are going on a hiatus with fangirl playbook. Uh, We're still going to do fangirl says who's hot, who's not, but I just want to let the people know we are going on a hiatus for the next few months. uh, And we'll most likely be back with you next football season, but we will obviously keep you posted on that. But before we go, Steph, shall we give a little fangirl says who's hot, who's not to uh, send us into Super Bowl weekend? Yes. Why don't you go first? All right. My who's hot is not going to be surprised anybody. It is Tom Brady because oh of all the reasons we talked about. Uh, 10th Super Bowl appearance. It's 43 years old. It's pretty incredible. Um, and not only am I picking them to win – I'm rooting for them to win, so I'm going to tell you guys that. My who's not is actually it's actually kind of a good question as I'm thinking about it, but I think I'm going to give my who's not to – I think I'm going to give it to the Rams, and it's not because I necessarily think it's a bad trade. I just think the Rams – have made decisions over the years that put them in this position and they may have had no choice but to make this trade. So I'm not saying they're not hot because of this specific trade, but because I think it's of general decision-making. There's my thinking on that. I think that's totally fair. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think who is burning free and hot right now is going to be Deshaun Watson. He's the man to have and who gets him? I think if it's not, if the Texans cannot salvage him, I think it's going to be one of the biggest trade deals of our lifetimes. <laughs> so that he's definitely hot. Um, and as far as who's not hot, you know, I'm I'm probably going to go with Jared Goff. Poor guy, he got shipped away to Detroit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I just I not hot, so and I went to school in Ann Arbor, and I loved it. But it's that's not crazy. hot. Like literally, it's not, it's not hot. hot there. It's very like. In fact, it's quite cold. Quite no. cold. <laughs> very cold. <laughs> so to go from a uh, California boy to uh, Detroit, it's very cold. Not hot. Not hot. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> well, our friends, uh, we will. Talk to you soon. Let's talk on social, see how our Super Bowl predictions did. And Steph, I will talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah, that was fun. Have a good day, guys. Bye, all. 
sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstandtenspodcast.com.